At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The old folks used to say it, and uh, Frankie Beverly sang it in Joy and Pain. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Where were we? So, I was saying. Your kids. That. Instead of your kids. I tell my kids, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. And everything in moderation, including moderation, and, and more does not always mean better. So the news that the NFL made official a 17-game regular season starting in 2021, it's not a surprise. We knew it was coming, um, especially once the, the media rights deals got done, the CBA allowed for it. It was inevitable that they were, were going to go to 17. For the longest time, the talk was 18, but we knew 17 was inevitable. So here it is. And I guess my reaction is just, meh. You know, I, I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling no. it at all. And not Why just not? because I don't like odd numbers. Not just because it's 17, <laughs> which is just weird. You know, it's like, Ten okay, and seven. 18 makes a little more sense. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. 10 and 7, 9 and 8. You know what I mean? It's just, it's no like, more 8 and 8. Yes. 17. Eight dead. But I, it's, it's just, it's, it's unnecessary. You know, I read the statement from Roger Goodell. He said, this is a monumental moment in NFL history. Is it? Or is it a monumental moment in the history of y'all collective bank accounts? Uh, The CBA with the players and the recently completed media agreements provide the foundation for us to enhance the quality of the NFL experience for our fans. Which fans? And one of the benefits of each team playing 17 regular season games is the ability for us to continue to grow our game around the world. I I guess. You know, it's like it it doesn't do anything for me because I just... I don't see what it does for anybody. And it's just like constant expansion. It's like, okay, first you're going to expand the playoffs, which I reluctantly accepted. Not that I had a choice in the matter. I didn't have a vote. Mm -hmm. But all right, we're going to seven teams in each conference now. It's like, okay, fine. If you must, if you must accommodate another nine and seven or ten and six as the case may be, sure. So now we're going to 17 games. Well, why? Like, I don't need more regular season. We're going to 17 games and now three preseason games. So we're just going to make one more preseason game, a regular season game, just to maximum, just to squeeze every last nickel that we can out of this. And it does right. nothing for the product, at least unless I'm missing something. Am I missing something? Enlighten me if I am. No. What does this actually do? No, you're not missing anything. I- I'll tell you, but one thing I need to know from the Players Association, and I need to read up on it even more uh, and just get into what kind of leverage they had. Like, what, what did they have on the table? What, what could they hold back? I mean, there's, there's some give and take in any negotiation. So um, for, for management to get something, all right, uh, the players have to get something too. That's how it goes you know, back and forth. Usually management ownership winds up with more things that they want, and the Players Association winds up with what, with, with what they want. And the reason I put it that way is 
Look, if you're going to play 17 games, if you're the players, three preseason games is too much. Because, Michael Smith, I don't know about you, yeah. one of my favorite things from last year, look, I know there weren't people in the stadiums, in the, in the NFL atmosphere, the NFL experience was compromised by the pandemic. And there's no way around it. Uh, empty stadiums took some getting used to. And, and we got used to it a little bit, but you'd much rather have a packed stadium. But one of the things that I did enjoy about last season, loved it, no preseason games. I didn't miss the preseason for a second. And I probably shouldn't say that, but because I know there are some people, for example, like the Hall of Fame game. I know that means a lot to a lot of people. I didn't miss it. Didn't miss the Hall of Fame game. Didn't miss preseason game number four where you're playing that little dance of keeping some people uh, out and trying to see who's going to make your roster. You don't want anybody to get hurt, but you want to be competitive. And so if you're the players, what do you get out of it? I guess what you get is more jobs. Because if you have 17 games, I would think the rosters expand a little bit. You have a little bit more of a taxi squad. Uh, so job creation is one of the perks of 17. But if you're really going to be serious yeah. about player safety. Offset by, offset by more expo- – exactly, I'm sorry. You are just about to say it. Offset by more exposure no, to injury. Right. You know? If you're going to be serious about player safety – Stop equating preseason games with regular season games. Stop trying to get this this 20-game package. It's a 20-game package. I don't know if I ever told you this. One of the – it wasn't nasty. It was lively. One of the liveliest debates I ever had with Robert Kraft. That sounds like a good – that's a good start to a story, isn't it? You know, one of the liveliest debates I ever had with Robert Kraft. I'm intrigued. You have my attention. Um, It it surrounded the 20-game schedule. Because I was complaining at that time, I was doing a sports talk radio in Boston, uh, Robert Kraft was listening, and I was complaining about the price of preseason tickets and preseason parking. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You, you, you folks who live in the Midwest, oh, my God. You, you have no idea. I like parking around Boston and New York and Philadelphia, but Boston, like, it's insane. I, I'll just tell you this parenthetically. One time I was going to a Red Sox game. I saw a sign for parking, parking like $65, $75. I took a picture of it, sent it to my mother. She was confused. <laughs> she was like, what, what, what is this? Like, what, what do you mean? What do you Does mean? That include that, food? They're like, what is that? I said, yes. Like, she's yeah. in an area where you can park all day for $5 or $6. So I was complaining that these, these outrageous these bloated parking prices were there for preseason games. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, if you got to, if you have to charge that, why not do that in the regular season? He says it's a 20 game package. I said, it's not a 20 game package. It's 16 plus four preseason games. Don't try to connect the preseason to the regular season, but that's what they do. And that's what they've done here. Quality they've got this whole, yeah. it's, it's, it's fraudulent. It is fraudulent. It is an insult to any, any thinking person. And I would suspect it's an insult to the players that if they're asked to play 17 games, taking away one preseason game where the salary structure for the players is not the same. They're not played the same off the preseason as they are in a regular season. It's a completely different salary structure. Don't try to connect these things. There's this this assumption, and maybe 
justifiably so, that there's the, there's an appetite for it, that, that we will take more and like it, that fans well, and consumers, you will accept more football and like it. Um, I think that's right. We'll accept more football, but, we, but we, the accept part is right. The like it, just show me where it makes a difference. Like, we already have a, you know, uh, the, the climax that is week 16 or game 16, week 17 in the NFL. Yeah. The push for the playoffs. How does adding a 17th game add to the excitement? It gives you what you know, like now, now nobody's gonna ever go eight and eight again. Is that is it, the only thing that comes out of this is we're never gonna have another eight and eight. Nobody's gonna break even anymore. Mathematically impossible. Right. So is that is that was is that what the goal is? No. I think I think the goal is what you is what you just it's, said. It's just it's un, it's unnecessary. One, that's that's the bottom line. Well, look, it's unnecessary. They're doing it I because I mean, we they know why can. they're doing. They're doing it because it of the, the money. They're doing it because of the money, but. I don't think fans see that. I think there are three different there are three different channels here. All right, channel number one is the ownership channel, and you know what that's all about: money, 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 money. They just want the money. They're going to get more. It's going to be more revenue. They're they're very happy. So that channel is very predictable. It's the same all the time in all sports, but especially in the NFL, which is king of North America. Then the other channel is the fans. I mean, the fans really aren't going to complain about an extra game. So no, you can't say if you're going to do your predictions, you got to uh, add in, you know, eight and nine instead of eight and eight, uh, seven and 10 instead of seven and nine. We got it. And 17 and oh, the there's, regular a mar- there's, a mar- there's, and there's a market for it because it, they're not going to complain because it's not, they're not going to stop watching football because it's 17 games now. So again, they're doing it because they can, and it's not going to hurt them. It's all, all it's going to do is pad their pockets. Ooh, My point is start, it you- does not, it does not contrary to what Roger Goodell said. It does not make the product better. It just gives us more of it. It just, yeah, that's right. I, it just dilutes. I it just gives you another opportunity to pad stats. It gives you another opportunity to maybe extend for another week the intrigue about who who locks in the playoffs. It doesn't make it better. I reject that. It doesn't make it better. Well, you said it. Just it gives you you more, said it off the and top. I don't know if that's a good thing. You said it off the top. You said meh when you look at it. So it doesn't. Yeah. You said it doesn't make the product better. I agree. It doesn't make it better. No. But you said it dilutes the product. It doesn't dilute the product either. It's pretty much neutral. It's indifferent. You can have 16 games, 17 games. Doesn't make a difference. But let me tell you about the third channel. The third channel is the most important one. You have the fans. The fans won't complain about it. Not, not that much. And if they do, they'll get over it by like the middle of the, like week seven, week eight. Owners will never complain about it. They're like Roger Goodell. Hey, this is great. But the players, this is really, it really comes down to the players because they've got to prepare for a 17-game season and most players, most players have become very good at euphemistic speaking when they talk about late in the season. You know, week 13, week 14, hey, how you doing? If you ask a player about his injury, how you doing? Well, listen, nobody's 100% during this, at this time of year. We're all a little banged up. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to play it at a high level, especially when you get to week 13, 14, 15. And, and depending on the coach that you're playing for, some coaches, some coaches don't take care of you. Some coaches feel like, hey, it's football season. You should be in pads all the time. We're not going to shells. We're going to pads. So I, I think the toll that it takes on the players So, so you're saying the, the, so you're saying the toll that it takes on the players could compromise the quality of the product and the availability of the players as the season goes on. In other words, it dilutes the Dilute. product. 
Like anytime you expand, fair, you fair. dilute the product. That's if you expand the playoff, you're diluting the playoff field. If you if you if you add more games to it, you know it's like it, you're 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 unnecessarily. Um, it's just maybe it's because it's been 16 my whole life. What is it? 1978, Michael. I want to say 1978 yeah. is when it went to 16 games, and I know before That's that right. it was 14. And once upon a time, long ago, it was 12. 12. So there is precedent for expanding over the years. It just wasn't broke. So why are they fixing it? I mean, we know why. We know why. And we know it was coming. This is not a shock. This is not coming out of left field. So we could have talked about this at any point. You know, it was a big deal over the weekend with Alvin Kamara tweeted it was dumb and others echoed that. It was, it's, it's been in the works for a while. So today is not some, you know, curveball that the NFL is throwing us. But now that it's official, I guess it just gave me an excuse to vent. And it's like, really? Why? You know, like 17 games. Maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe, maybe you know, it'll be no big deal and we'll be, we'll, we'll keep it pushing. But right now, the idea of adding another game just, it doesn't sit well with me. But who am I? Not an NFL owner, that's for sure. Not even the players had a say in it, right? You know, it was in the CBA. They negotiated, they agreed to it. Regardless of what they got in return, this was, this was inevitable. They were going to force these 17 games. What they got in return, what they got in return, a lot of them already had. I mean, let's face it. All right, like I told you about that fourth preseason game. So if you are, if you are an established player in the league, you have you're not playing in four preseason games anyway. If you're established, now if you're in the bubble, uh, if you are a rookie free agent, you're trying to you know, like every opportunity means something to you. So you're playing in all four games. You're trying to make your mark on special teams. But if you're Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara is not playing in the fourth preseason game anyway. So he is he was already on a in a perfect world. He's already on a three preseason game schedule. So what they did is yeah. now he's probably down to two <laughs> because the, the third preseason game becomes the three is the new four, right? You don't want to get your players right. hurt in the last preseason game. Right. But, but, but some, some right. teams have um, already manipulated that already. All right. Uh, to quote Gino Ariema, who we'll get to later on, it's obviously not a Gino Ariema quote. I'm being sarcastic when I say that. It is what it is, but that's that's yeah. the theme of last night and this morning. It is what it is. We'll get to him later on. Um, pivoting, though, to the other big uh, NFL development today is the most disrespected projected top five, top ten pick in recent draft history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin Fields from The Ohio State University clocked an yeah. unofficial 4-4-4 at the Buckeyes Pro Day earlier this afternoon. And it wasn't Jay-Z. just that he ran fast. Look, we know the dude's fast. We know the, yeah, we know the dude's fast, um, yeah. whether it's him carrying the football or whether it's him you know, blocking. We know he can get down the field. We know he can scoot, as they say. Ran for over 1,000 yards, scored 19 touchdowns, dual-threat quarterback, a modern prototypical, quarter, prototypical quarterback. So at about 6'3", 230, runs a, a, a 4 40-yard dash. The last person to run that fast was RG3, who ran a 4-4-1. And that's since 2006. Those are the I'm only, shocked that uh, Lamar didn't run faster than that. Aren't you, shocked a, that. aren't you shocked that Lamar's not on that list? I'm a guess that Lamar didn't run. That's the only way I can... I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But my assumption is that he didn't run the 40. <laughs> that's right. that's my answer like, to, your, to your question. Because if Lamar be Jackson answer. had run... A, a, a pre-draft 40-yard dash. Ain't no he way in hell like four, two, he's running anything under 
You understand what I'm saying? He might have been like, y'all, right. y'all saw the film. Y'all know I could run hell. Bill Polian wants me to play wide receiver. Do I really need to run the 40 to prove that I'm fast? So I'm assuming right. he didn't run. I don't remember for sure, but I'm going to make that assumption. I think it's a safe one. Uh, but anyway, this is RG3-ish, this 4-4-40, 40-yard dash on the part of Justin Fields. And, he, and more important, for whatever it's worth, I know it's air. I know there's no pass rush. I know there's no pressure. There's no crowd. It's not a game situation. But he made some really good throws. He threw some dimes out there um, at, at Ohio State's Pro Day. And, you know, what happens in this pre-draft process, Michael Holly, as you know, is we develop a case of amnesia. Because it wasn't that long ago when Justin Fields was cooking Clemson. And, obviously, he looked awful, as did all of the Buckeyes against all-time great Alabama in the national title game. But Justin Fields, after that Clemson game, it was like, oh, hold on for a second. Justin Fields may give some teams to think about. Now, obviously the film is most important, but I think today he gave some teams more to think about when you add his body of work at Ohio State to his measurables and his testing. I say the most disrespected top five, top ten projected pick in recent draft history is because all the talk seems like it's been about, and I don't want to overstate this because I hate it when people say, nobody's no, talking no, about it. No, no, I think it. you're right on, Maybe no. you aren't talking I, about it. Okay, but I it's like, right maybe on, you no. aren't talking about it or maybe you're not hearing people, but t- from what I can tell, all the talk has been about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and even Mac Jones. And Mac Justin Jones. Fields has somehow been forgotten in this process. And somebody... Somebody after the top three picks, assuming that the Niners are, in fact, zeroed in on Mac Jones, somebody is going to get, if such a thing exists, somebody's going to get a steal at four or five or wherever it is, you know, if the Bengals trade out. Somebody's going to get a steal in Justin Fields because somehow he's become an afterthought when it comes to these premier quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Is it just me or are you feeling the same thing? No, it's not just you. It's not just you, and I'll just, uh, you said, you know, somebody's going to get a steal at four or five. I don't know if you saw the comments from Jim Moore Jr., uh, maybe wishful thinking. Uh, He was talking to, I think, a San Francisco uh, website, and he said, yeah, you know, what if, what if the Jets take Justin Fields at two because he kind of fits their offense? They're looking for somebody with that skill set, and he, and that leaves Zach Wilson for the 49ers. But I think that's wishful thinking. Most people, right. most people think that Zach Wilson's going second. But not only, you're, you're right on the money here. Not only is Justin Fields the most disrespected top five, because he's going in the top five, top five prospect in recent memory, he comes from the most disrespected conference in the last 10 years. Oh, Shouts out, Big Ten. Oh, what up, Big know. Ten? I didn't know. I didn't know that was Come on now. I didn't Come know. on, Big I didn't Ten. I didn't know that was about to happen. As if. As if there's not speed in Ohio, in Indiana, in Illinois, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania. But I digress. Look, he put up numbers. Yeah, please. At Ohio State. Stop (laughs) digressing. I know. He put up numbers at Ohio State, not just uh, in the the semifinal, national semifinal against Clemson. His Ohio State career, 63 and 9. Michael Smith, 63 and 9 for his career. That's insane. One of the things that Justin Fields has working against him, he had a bad national championship game against Alabama. You're right. 
he looked bad and so did a lot of the Buckeyes, but it did, was not a good look, and I wish they had stopped it probably like in the third quarter when the game was getting out of hand. You know, stop. <laughs> shit you know, throwing you in know, the towel. You know, well, you know, I hate not even throwing the towel, that whole thing. What's the same? Okay. Oh, okay. Like, just run it. Just go two-minute. Go two-minute. Just run the offense. Stop looking for, like, holding your hand. And so when people saw that, combine that bad game against Alabama, combine that with mm-hmm. some rocky games in the regular season against Big Ten competition. So I told you how people feel about the Big Ten. I'm not lying. People don't. Yeah. They, 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 they revere the SEC and everybody else is, is kind of like playing for second or third. They probably SEC is first and second in most people's minds. So we had some bad regular season games. And, you know, as people start to break him down and nitpick him, they would say, hey, well, mechanically, I don't like what he does. And a lot of people talk about his reads. He didn't go to the second read. It was always the first read. But I think you're right in that because the first read was so often open at Ohio State for him, he hit it. It's the same thing with Mac Jones. Hey, when, when did Mac Jones have to go to his fourth read? When? They were undefeated in the SEC. They crushed everybody. I mean, I, I, nobody was covered. <laughs> so, well, I, I, I think that, I, I, get, I, get I think your point. Little, I'm sure that wasn't always the case, but I get your point. But I, I mean, I, honestly, but my I think, point I think is, Justin look, Fields, yeah, yeah, my, talent. They shouldn't be got, talent against him. When, right, when you, when you, got, you got Najee Harris and you got Jalen and you got Jalen Waddle and you got Devontae Smith, you got all the, and you got a great offensive line. Those guys are hard to cover. So even if you know it's going to Jalen Waddle, he's going to get open. And if he's a first read, Mac Jones is going to hit him. I, I think it's, there was a little, I, there was some piling on with Justin Fields. And it will be interesting to see where he, where he lands. Now our guy, Chris Sims, I, let's see his, uh, Gary, let me get Chris Sims' ratings. I, I know his quarterback ratings, he came out, uh, his rankings a couple weeks ago. I don't think Chris Sims was too high on Justin Fields. I may be, I may be mistaken on that, but I don't think so. But today well, he opened some eyes. I'm as, sure. as we, well, well I, I don't that. think he opened anybody's eyes. I don't think he opened anybody's what? eyes as much. I, as much I oh, oh you know, you're, you're not talking about the rankings. You're not talking about the rankings. You're talking about overall. No, 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 okay. no, no I'm not talking about the rankings. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Justin Fields. I mean, you knew he was fast. When I say opened eyes, I, I think he confirmed. I think he confirmed or reaffirmed is what I'm getting at. If he, it, it, there's, there's only. I'm trying to keep it in perspective. I mean, four, four, four is impressive. We wouldn't be talking about it if it weren't impressive, okay? But we knew he could run. He just confirmed and reaffirmed that he could move in a straight line very quickly. All right, that's part of the package that you're getting. The throws that he made, um, the, the arm strength that he displayed today confirmed what we saw at Ohio State. Ultimately, it's going to come down to the film. And you're only as funky as your last cut. And he stunk his last game. Again, Alabama will do that to you. But I remind people that Trevor Lawrence didn't look good against Ohio State, nor did Trevor Lawrence look good against LSU the year before. So I think if you are predisposed to not believing in Justin Fields, whether it's the system, whether it's the recent history of Ohio State quarterbacks, whatever it is, then you'll find reasons to not like Justin Fields. But if you're intrigued by his ability to play quarterback, and make no mistake, he can play quarterback, if you're intrigued by his ability 
to beat you with both his arms and his legs. And if you like the kid, then what you saw today and what you saw on film at Ohio State, and let's not forget, coming out of high school, he was right there with Trevor Lawrence. He was right okay. there with Trevor okay. Lawrence. There was, not, there was okay. not a great deal of separation in terms of when they came out. So if you're inclined to like Justin Fields, I think what you saw today may excite you. It may, and, and if you're the Niners, maybe you're locked in on Mac Jones, or maybe you were locked in on Mac Jones with the idea of going up to number three. But they did talk yesterday about, hey, you know, we're not going to be left at the altar. We like a lot of these guys. You're right. Could it end up being, could, by some crazy you know, set of circumstances? Could uh, Zach Wilson end up going third? Could Justin Fields go second? Who the hell knows? Could somebody jump ahead of the Niners with the Jets? Who the hell knows? A lot of things could happen. That's why the draft is the best thing going. But ultimately, I think what's happened throughout this process is Justin Fields, at least on the outside, hopefully the scouts are obviously doing their work and evaluating the film, it feels like, relatively speaking, you can't go to Ohio State and and everybody knows who Justin Fields is. I don't want to overstate this. Relatively speaking, relative to the other quarterback prospects, he has been an afterthought no longer after today. Go ahead. What are you about to say? I agree. All right. So let's say, let's say this. I'm going to ask you a question. All right. So the play clock is running down about four seconds left on the play clock. You on the defense have to declare what you're doing. You, you've been bouncing around. You look like, you know, cover two, cover three. No, no, you got to declare now. So now I'm, I'm going to ask you to declare. Your first quarterback. You're asking I'm me to that, declare. You know, Okay, that's a yeah, that's yeah. a. You de- I you like de- that de- metaphor. Okay, cool. You're asking me to declare. So time's running out. We're about to take two, a break. I got to declare. Which one? What? All right. The first quarterback, uh, Urban Meyer, told Peter King essentially yesterday, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, taking taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Who are the next two quarterbacks to go if Michael Smith is drafting? If Michael Smith is picking. Them, if Michael Smith is drafting. Two, Michael Ooh. Smith is drafting. Who are the next Ooh. two quarterbacks? Okay. If Michael Smith is drafting, look, call me crazy, and I think the hype train has gotten out of control. If I'm Joe Douglas in the Jets, I'm not going quarterback. I'm not going quarterback. Whoa! Um, really? I think the one I, I really? think the one I got has not had a chance, and he's damn good, and he's made of the right stuff. And because they did such a piss poor job of supporting him the last three years, people think that he's worthless when. Show me the quarterback that would have succeeded under those circumstances um, that Sam Darnold stepped into. So if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm actually zigging when everybody expects me to zag. But because everybody's expecting him to zag and because that hype train is out of control, I think they feel pressure to take a quarterback. They're going to take Zach Wilson. They're going to take a quarterback. But if it were me, I wouldn't do that. Um, If I'm the Niners at three, which one would I take? Who do I like between? Now, if, if you're the Niners at three, then I take Zach Wilson. Then I take Zach Wilson after that. And if you're the Falcons at four, then I take Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I, I would, okay. If you're the Falcons at so four. So he's your. Yeah, yeah, I would take Justin Fields. So you Fields still have him as your third quarterback? He would be my. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. So that's still not like. He's still. Even after all the flowers you just gave him, he's still got him as your third quarterback. What you want me to say? He's number one? You want me to give him number one? Not Somebody one, but two. Yeah, yeah, right. He was two. He was two most of the yeah. season. He was two. Yeah. And then Zach Wilson came and got I don't him. know. Maybe, you know? Maybe, I, maybe, I've been, maybe I've been listening to you too much. You're right. You're right. I did just contra- You did just catch me in a contradiction. Maybe I've been listening to you too much. Maybe, 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 I, maybe I got maybe I too much Michael Holly in my ear where I'm sitting up here thinking about thinking that Zach Wilson is the next big thing. You know. So maybe I, maybe I just couldn't bring myself to. 
jump Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. Um, at least that's the way. Let you tell it. Zach Wilson is Patrick Mahomes I know, the reincarnated. Next, so only. Oh yeah, I was gonna say only the next Patrick Mahomes. That's it. I don't think <laughs> no, but listen. If, if, if you're the, if you're the Falcons, um, listen. I, I I know you got Matt Ryan, but Justin Fields being able to sit and learn from Matt Ryan for a year is not a bad thing at all. Year two, yeah, whatever you know, it needs to be. But you got the opportunity you to tell set me, yourself up. It's the same thing that the Niners are doing. You tell me this. You want to break or because I could pivot too. I could pivot to something else. No, let's go, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and catch our breath. No, I know exactly where you're gonna go. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and take uh, take a break, catch our breath, and um, we got to get in. We got to get into. We will get back into the Niners. We also got to get into Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets, um, the New Evil Empire uh, in the NBA, because that <laughs> that, that topic never gets old. They wish. <laughs> I got a whole new perspective on this now, Mike. I'll tell you about it later. I got a whole new perspective on Brooklyn. Right. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I don't hear it. I don't. I, I, I live in my Nets bubble, so I don't know what anyone said about us. To be honest with you, I have no clue. Um, you know, but you know, I mean, we we. I don't know what to tell you. We we traded for James Harden. We gave up some really good young players and draft picks, tons of them. Um, we, you know, we got two guys in the bio market that uh, are big names and had great careers and are still able to contribute. Uh, you know, it's not like we did anything you know illegal you know so i don't know what the what the you know what we're supposed to do <laughs> you know not trying to, to add to our roster and just uh you know sit pat i mean that that's the idea of this league is to try to put together the best team you can put together thank you steve thank you so much <laughs> it's always so smart and reasonable sometimes it's just that yeah. simple michael like, what, what rule did they break? I guess there's an unwritten nice. rule. I guess I guess it's not illegal. I guess it's unethical. But, like, honestly, they made a trade. At the time, they gave up a hell of a lot. It looked like they gave up a hell of a lot to get James Harden. And they got two washed-up dudes. No disrespect. I, I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect. They got, they got two dudes past their primes in the buyout market. And everybody loses their minds. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, seriously. That's just right. What what, what are people doing here? What's the the option of the exercise? I tried. I tried to do it uh, before I sat down. I tried to put a straw man in this seat. Uh, This wouldn't happen. But nice straw man, um, Steve Nash. Nobody said you did anything illegal. Like, who said that? Okay, tell me. Who said that? 
Who said they did something no, illegal? They mad. Nobody Who said it? No, he said it's not like we did something illegal. But okay, they mad. Right. They're, they, they, they you're, you're they. All the they's why? you talk about every day. Why? They're mad. But why? Why are people you mad? You tell me. You know they. You know them. You tell me. You one of them, closet. I'm not you one know. of them. I agree with them. Oh, oh, hey, okay. do everything. You're not a I hater? I agree with them. Do everything. Do everything. I am a hater, but for different reasons. Um, but... I was a hater yesterday. Clock struck midnight. Struck midnight. Well, here we go. What's today? The 30th, March 30th? I said, I've been looking at this thing all wrong. I've been looking at this all wrong. I saw James Harden do his thing yesterday. Look at that box score. What do you have? Trip another, yet another triple double. So he's tied with 38, 13, and 11. So he's tied with Jokic. They both have 12 triple doubles. One guy's a point guard, and the other guy's a center. Anyway, um, I'm looking at it all wrong. Oh, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. So, wait, I got, I got excited. So, when I saw in your feed, 38, 13, and 11 tells Harden's story, I was like, oh. I was like, oh, wow, we got, we, is, is he seeing the light after last night? I do. After a, I do. That's a, you know, a March, a, a March game good. against the Timberwolves, I was like, "Oh wow, he, he, is, are we gonna get some respect with James Harden from Michael Holly?" Yes. But it was really just an excuse to say that he's tied with Nikola Jokic. That was really what. Yeah, you, no. That was I mean, that's just part of it. That's part of it. That's that's part oh, okay. of it. Okay. Okay. But I saw that okay. game, the great game that James Harden had last night, and I said, you know, they're fun. They're fun to watch. Like, why don't I just focus on? The fun part, it's a terrible yes. life to live, to go around just hating on people Amen. and rooting for people right. to fail. I am rooting right. for them to play their game. And this is what James Harden has done throughout his career. Just do what you've done throughout your career. You know, he's been a scoring champ before. You know, he's averaged many assists he's, before. He's, he's led the league in assists before. He's done yes. this. So just sit back. Huh. Let James Harden be James. Let Kyrie do his thing, Kevin Durant. And I'm going to enjoy the regular season. I'm sure they'll be first or second in the Eastern Conference. Uh, They get into the playoffs, and they'll do what James Harden does in the playoffs. Even his meltdowns. you got to admit this. James Harden is such a fun player that even his meltdowns are entertaining. Remember, like, what, how many, what, what year was that when they missed, like, 100 threes or whatever in a game? And whatnot, but I'm, I'm exaggerating, uh, but it was a bunch. Against Golden State, against Golden State, you're talking yeah. about? They, like, how many straight, yeah. was it, like, 23 yeah. straight threes they missed? It was amazing. They were up three Something games that they to could one. Never, couldn't do again if they tried. They were up three, they were up three, two. That's what it was. Three, two, double-digit leads in game six and game seven against the Warriors. And lost both of those games. Sounds right. Uh, they are inter- they're an entertaining team. I got to focus on the entertainment. Forget about James Harden and what he did in Houston. I'm over it. I'm over it. Because you know who else is over it? Houston. I saw Raphael Stone the other day. Fine. He was like, oh, I have no regrets. Hey, we got a good deal. No regrets. You, you, you like it. I love it, Raphael. So Houston is over it. They're retiring the guy's number. He totally crapped on them, but they continue to retire his number. They want to retire his number this year. So if Houston is over it, plus they didn't give us this the radio year. show, I'm done with this Houston. Year. I'm done with Houston. I'm, I'm cool. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to get my popcorn. 
and I'm just going to enjoy the regular season and postseason Brooklyn Nets. So I have had an epiphany. That's where I am right now. Go ahead, James Harden. Do your thing. Love Appreciate it. the sarcasm. Um, what? I'm going to just ignore everything you just said and not even dignify with a response. And go back to Steve Nash. And go back to really just where we are um, and, and why all sarcasm and all jokes aside, like why people need to calm down. Those of, those of you who are up in arms, those of you who think this is terrible for the game, and I don't, listen, it may not be as many people as it seems like. A lot of times we do this thing where we, we, we read one tweet and we generalize, right. or we see one project. column, yeah. or we see one yeah. clip, and we just project it and say, like, oh, everybody's hating on the Nets, when it might not be as many people as we think it is. I don't know. I haven't taken a, a formal uh, Quinnipiac poll, okay? Um, having said all of that, most important, I think the idea of being hated on is actually what the Nets need. It's actually what they need. Because they're not going to magically morph into um, great defenders as a, as, a, as a group, as a whole. But I've told you before, it's not going to take, they don't have to be an elite defensive team, given that all they have to do is sufficiently complement the all-time great offensive firepower that they presumably will have when Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden play more than seven games together. Need I remind you, they've only played seven games. So you can take your tongue out of your cheek and recognize that the entertainment ain't even started yet. The show ain't even started yet. Well, we ain't hey, even listen, seen the best of The warm-up warm okay. is good. The warm-up act is, is very entertaining. So I can't wait. We ain't even I'm with they you. only played seven I games I look forward together. to the main But the more, that pe- the more that people hate on them and the more that they think people are hating on them, the better for them because the last thing they need is somebody handing them the trophy and them being complacent. Like, they need to be... They, they need that, that extra fire, that extra edge, because if you know, especially earlier in the year when they first made the trade, they would, they would play up and down based on the competition. They would elevate their game for, for big-time matchups, and they would slip against some lesser teams. They need that edge. They need to wear this black hat. I think it fits them well. I mean, James Harden, what can be said about James Harden at this point that hasn't already been said? All right. Kyrie Irving, there was this video going around recently. I don't know if he said it recently. I don't know if he said it a while back because it might have just resurfaced. But Kyrie Irving is in this zen space right now where he seems not to really care about what people think of him in general in life. Like, he's really philosophical about this. And last but not least, Kevin Durant, for all people like me want to say, hey, man, what's the point of you you know, going back and forth with, with people on Twitter about your legacy or your ability or inability, as the case may be, to lead a team by yourself, whatever the hell that means, it doesn't seem to affect his performance. So if that's what floats his boat, so be it. So for, for you, coming into the year, your biggest concern was how sensitive they are. Maybe that's exactly what they need. Maybe they need that sensitivity to be pricked ever so slightly to be a bunch of collective Tony Montanas and say, hey, take a look at the bad guy. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your big fat fingers and say, there's the bad guy. The league needs the Brooklyn Nets. We need the Brooklyn Nets. It gives us something to talk about. It gives people like you something to root against. It gives people like me something to root for, which is basically rooting against people like you. <laughs> and no matter how they assembled this team, they did it within the confines of oh, I love of your rules. honesty. They did, it within it. The confines, they did it within the confines of the rules. They Nobody did said they wrong. didn't. 
You and Steve Nash, go sit down somewhere. Go sit down. No, no, no. I'm saying like, because oh. they did it within the rules, they did not do anything wrong. Nobody it said is the object of the game. It's to, it's to, come, it's to get wrong. good players. It's to win. Because you know what people wrong. like you would be doing? Who, no, no, no. who said they did anything wrong? You're acting who like they did. Who? You're, act, who? you're acting like they did. Y'all, y'all, y'all did. Acting like they Nobody did. Nobody said that. Acting like, acting like this is some kind of referendum on their ability uh, to, 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 to be great players and to lead a team because they went and got two dudes off the scrap heap. Two dudes that got bought out. Okay, they didn't they didn't manufacture draft picks or circumvent the salary cap. They got two dudes on a buyout market that decide to jump their old behind on the bandwagon. No, but here's here's the only thing I want to say to you. One more thing I got for you. I love the circus. That's what I got. One more thing for you. Go ahead. Come on. If they didn't, if they just said, hey, we got enough. If they said, hey, we got enough. We got we'll, we'll eventually have Kevin Durant back. We got Kyrie Irving. We got James Harden. Let's not. Let's not add to the buyout market. Let's not let's not go get it. Let's not let, uh, add to the team via the buyout market. Let's not go supplement our roster or complement our roster or, or, or plug some holes with, with with the available pieces and the resources that we had. Or even go back farther than that. If James Harden would have just said, you know what, man, I made this bed in Houston, I'm asleep in it. Now again, you know I didn't hey. like how we did it. If he didn't just say hey. I made this bed in Houston, I'm asleep with it. And Kevin All Durant right. and Kyrie Irving would have just Going about it on their own in Brooklyn. Or, you know what? Let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back. And if Kevin Durant would have just manned up and he would have saw it through the way they used to do in the old days when they walked to school uphill, both ways, barefoot, in snow, and beat grizzly bears up with loose-leaf notebooks, and he had just done it the old-fashioned way and, and – and fought his way through Golden State while he was in Oklahoma City and not jump ship and join the Golden State Warriors. If they'd have done all that and ended up ringless, you know what you'd have said? They ain't never get it done. They ain't never, they, like, that's what y'all is. Y'all have held it against them because they never won a ring. And they ain't even won it yet. I'm being awfully presumptuous the way I'm talking about this. I mean, obviously, yes, Kyrie's got one in Cleveland. Yes, you are. And KD's got two in Golden State. Yeah. So Harden may still not yeah. have a ring after this season. But point being, y'all want it both ways. You want these dudes to get championships, and then when they do what it takes to get a championship, you say, that ain't the way you're supposed to do it. There's only care. one way to do it, and that's the Damian Lillard way, I guess. And how's that working out for him so far? I don't care, He's your favorite you're rapper's you're favorite arguing, rapper. He's your favorite player's favorite player, but he ain't got no rings to show for it. I don't, I'm done. I'm I don't off my mind players. Uh, yeah, get off your soapbox and, and give it and take it somewhere else. It was a great presentation. Maybe you, know, you could do that. Got a little slide deck, you know. You take that somewhere and just show it to other people because it's not for me. I don't mind players advocating for themselves. I I love player agency. Hey, you had set most of the time. The organization has seven years. You got most of the time seven years. You got seven years to figure it out. Anthony Davis had what seven years in New Orleans. LeBron had seven years in Cleveland. All right, I'm gonna give you seven because I don't really have a choice from the start. Then it's, it'd be stupid for me to turn down that extension money. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get like a couple more years, and then when I become a free agent, I'm gonna make my own decision. And so that's what happened with with Kevin Durant. That's what happened with Kyrie Irving. They made their own decisions. Kyrie forced a trade. Uh, James Harden, I don't like the way he did his business. Now, if I say I don't like one thing, it's him. He did it during the season, and he was supposed to be in training camp, and he's messing around. He's jerking around the, the Houston Rockets. I didn't like that. But you are being presumptuous. That's the, big, the big picture is 
You think they're going to win a championship, don't you? I'm telling you, I they're do. not. I'm telling you, they're not going to come out of the East. And I will enjoy that. I'm so going to enjoy you said it. It's true. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It's true. I'm, I'm telling you, they're not. Well, okay. Okay. Well, let me re- okay. let, let me re- let me load up my yeah. guns. Okay. Let me yeah, let me rethink, let me rethink this now because Michael Holly just. I'm telling you, they're not. Okay. And my, all right. Cool. We got. We have a disagreement. <laughs> if Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant thinks that the trolls are out for him, don't let the Nets lose in the East. Don't let them. Don't 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 let. Like my my troll game, I'm working. I got a team working with me right now. My troll game against you, it's gonna last uh, maybe like a month and a half or two months. I can't wait for this so to happen. Personal with you. I, it's so personal. Oh, with you. oh, it's personal. So you don't. Know, okay, so let me. So just. It's so personal, and, I, and you don't even try it to is. hide it. Like, yes. so just to recap, you're okay with how they came together. Maybe not the way James Harden went about it, per se, in Houston. You're okay with players teaming up. You don't have a problem with super teams. You're not one of these old people saying, this ain't how, to, how they used to do it back in the day. You just don't like them because you don't like them as people is what I'm gathering from you. You just don't like Probably. James Harden as a person Probably hard. and as a performer. You don't like Kyrie Irving as a hard. person as a, and as a performer. Ooh. You don't like Ooh, Kevin Durant wait, wait, wait. as a person Kyrie. as a performer. Do I dislike Kyrie? No, I'm, 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 no, Kyrie. No, I'm really, I am, I'm undecided. I'm an undecided voter on Kyrie. I'm undecided. Go either way. You know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll check in after, check with me after the, 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 the debates. Then I'll let you know about Kyrie, where my vote's going. <laughs> right. James Harden, it's, it is. He must have like slapped me in another life. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I just feel some kind of way about James Harden. And I am rooting against the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I need to go deeper. I'm a three-year alley. I need some introspection. Yeah. I I think so, too. Uh, You need to do some soul searching on that. Um, But they don't. But in all seriousness, Mike, I'm just saying last thing. to give flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I want you to give the flowers. But this last thing I'll say about Brooklyn. In all seriousness, they are a fun team to watch. Their scoring is, is exquisite. They do a lot of wonderful things on the court. But I just don't think... I don't think they're, they're, they're not built like a championship team. They have the sketch. They have the profile of a championship team. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, unless the NBA changes. Now, this may be one of those shifts in the NBA. Because most of the time, with NBA champions, you say, well, this is the trend. And then somebody bucks the trend. And then now you have to look at something new. For example, a team like the 04 Lakers it's not supposed to lose to a team like the 04 Pistons because the Pistons don't have the star power of the Lakers. Then it happened. Then it, the, uh, I'll tell you another trend change 10 years later, exactly 10 years after that. You're not supposed to have a team where your rotation goes 10 deep and uh, you got guys, nobody plays 30 minutes a game because that just tells you that you got a lot of depth players, but you don't really have a strong rotation. But the San Antonio Spurs blew that up. Remember? They blew that up against Miami. Mm. LeBron's last season with Miami. So generally, the trend is you got to be able to defend. And maybe the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets are the mold breakers. Maybe they become the first I NBA think, yeah. champion. They can't lock people down. Uh, to not be. We'll see. Well, you don't have to lock somebody down. You got to be top 10-ish, typically. You don't have to be, you don't have yeah. to be Spurs. 
uh, True. you know, in their heyday. You got to be top right. tenish. I don't even think they have to be that. This team just has to be good enough on that end. Effort is what I'm talking about. I'm talking whatever whatever lights their fire, whatever floats their boat, whatever keeps them engaged on a defensive end, um, and more clacks in that center. Um, <laughs> the person I wanted to shout out since we're talking about triple yeah. doubles. This is this an alley oop for you, bro. Um, yeah. Last night, Russell Westbrook put up 35, Crazy. 14 boards, and 21 yeah. assists. 21 assists. This is Magic and Oscar Robertson territory. First since Magic, he, Russ, Magic, Oscar, those are the guys that have done, had this stat line. First guy ever, I believe, with a 35-point uh, triple-double with 21 assists. So these thresholds, this was unprecedented last night. This was historic last night. And the craziest part of all, the craziest part of all, is that he's already the Wizards' all-time leader in triple-doubles. Isn't that nuts? And I saw that. It's recently. It's, it's, that was yeah, crazy. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. So the other day, Tell you what a I terrible was actually going to bring this Wizards up. Have been, though. Yeah, it says a lot about him and, and the Wizards. But it also says a lot about triple-doubles. Right. also says a lot about triple-doubles. Right. And because of pace, triple-doubles don't necessarily mean what they used to mean. Um, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday where, like, six different players had a triple-double on the same day. It was like a record. And, like, a day or two before that, five different players had a triple-double. It's like triple-doubles have become a dime a dozen nowadays because just of the way the game has evolved. And I think that, and so that's over here. But then with Russell Westbrook, um, I think whether it's because at one point it, was, it became him versus Kevin Durant when Durant left, or even while he was with Kevin Durant, there was a narrative that he was holding Kevin Durant back. That right. he was the reason why Kevin Durant couldn't get over the hump. Or Kevin Durant wasn't as great as he could be, which I always thought was BS. But Kevin Durant wasn't as great as he could be because of Russ. And then when Durant left for Golden State, Russ got the blame, even though Russ was the loyal one. And he stayed until he didn't. You know, the, the Paul George thing didn't work. They broke that up. George goes to the Clippers. Russ goes to Houston. The rest is history. Because Russ has been so polarized and, and, and because of the proliferation of triple doubles in recent years, I think what I'm getting at is we might be guilty of taking Russell Westbrook for granted, which I know is music to your ears. He, he made it. There was yes. that year, the first year when he, when, when he did the big yeah. O and he averaged a triple double for a season, only to do it the next two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And so it just, we, it just became, okay, this is just what Russ does. And it's one of those things where... Again, and, he's, and, his, and his shot, you know his shot has been broken for the most part, especially the last couple of years. Uh, although he played great last year until he, until he got hurt. He was playing great last year until he got hurt, in fairness. He was. Um, he changed. But he had he an changed awful his game start. To, a bit. He had a, yeah, had an awful start uh, to this season. Is not a good shooter. And I think Scott Brooks spoke to this. We focus on all the things that Russ doesn't do or, or the things that he isn't as opposed to really just constantly and consistently appreciating what he does do. Basically, Michael, there's never been anybody like him in my lifetime, at least. 
uh, in terms of the style of play, in terms of his intensity, in terms of his commitment. And last night was just this reminder, like, yo, we are witnessing one of the greatest players in recent memory um, who, because of what he hasn't done or what he isn't, I think it's taken for granted to some extent. Yeah, you know, one of the amazing things about him is his size. I think if you, if, if you took away Google from people, if you took away basketball reference from people and you said, how big is Russell Westbrook? I don't think anybody would go under mm-hmm. 6'4". He's 6'3". <laughs> now, he plays big. He looks taller he plays than huge. that. But he's yeah. 6'3". So that's one of the things. He's a strong player. He's a passionate player. I love that about him. And did you catch that? Not only did Brooks say we focus on all the things that Russ can't do. Did you catch that little shot he, he had at the uh, he doesn't kiss anybody's Sloan, ass at the Sloan Analytics Conference uh, uh, crowd and the analyt uh, the, just the numbers people. We said the geniuses, the geniuses who tell oh, okay. you what he can't do. So that, what, what he's what he, that's a reference. I believe that's a reference to you know, analytics. Does not love. Russell Westbrook. You can make the, uh, Russell Westbrook. You can make the case in the last ten years, analytics has loved Shane Battier more than analytics has loved Russell Westbrook. Look, I think he is. He's a misunderstood player. I'm not talking about his personality. I'm talking about just the, what he brings to a team. No, that's part of it too. And look. Is this a compliment or is this a slight? I'm not sure. He reminds me, not in the style of play, but he reminds me of AI in this sense. Larry Brown finally said, okay, to get the best out of AI, you know what I got to do? Clear the scores. <laughs> Let me get the scores out of the way. I'm going to sur- like AI is my score. I'm going to have Eric Snow around him and Tyrone Hill and George Lynch and all these other guys, Dikembe. But my score is AI. He's just going to do his thing. He really didn't have a position. I'm going to let AI just do it because that's where he's most successful. And it's not a coincidence. I know he's had triple doubles with Bradley Beal on the court this year. But it's not a coincidence that he has a game like that without Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is dope. I love Bradley Beal. I just feel like Russell Westbrook at his best, uh, you got to kind of build the team around him. You gotta build the team but, around. Okay, but let's let's. But there's a reason talking about analytics not liking him. Nor, or is that a slight? Nor should. No, it's not. No, it's, it's. You don't mean it as a slight, but it is. Nor should analytics yeah, like. Well, that's what Russell I'm saying. Maybe it's both. Analytics do not Maybe paint a both. rosy picture of his game. Um, but no, but both. You're right. That, that's exactly what I'm getting at. More than one thing can be true at the same time, as we're fond of saying. Russell Westbrook can be great. He can be fun to watch. And. You could still not win with him playing the way he plays. That's just a fact. I, I don't believe. I'm not going to say it's a fact. I don't believe. Sounds that he's like ever Brooklyn. To, nor anyway, will he ever. I don't, know that, I don't know that he can ever win or you can ever win with Russell Westbrook playing the way he plays. Now, I'm basing that on the fact that he didn't do it in Oklahoma City. It didn't happen in Houston. It's not going to happen in Washington. Is that because of him or just circumstantial? I don't know. But what it really goes speaks to is the absolute nature of our evaluation. So because somebody didn't win a championship, then that must be something wrong with them. And that may, that's probably an unfair overstatement to make. But I don't believe that Russell West, Westbrook's style of play is conducive to sustained and um, 
ultimate team success. But he can be still be fun, and he can still be a great player. And I was just going to you know, add to the, the, your point. I do think personality does have something to do with it. Because Scott Brooks said this, people don't realize or they don't want to realize because he doesn't kiss anybody's ass. He's going to go down as one of the best point guards of all time. He's not warm and fuzzy. From a media standpoint, he's not accessible. He's ornery. Right. You know, right. He's, he, he's, he's not somebody who, like, if, if you want to talk about old school, he, he's a killer. He doesn't like his opponents. He's always getting into it with somebody, you know. Um, and so I think for that reason, there's a maybe place he for him. Get I, his just due. There's a place for him. It's, it's, it's in the a, NBA, and it's and it's and it's, a place and it's on well, March 29th, and it's it's watching him put up historic numbers. It's watching him it. stuff stats the way nobody else can. It's watching him dominate a game. It, you know, scoring, rebounding, and and assists. It, it, He's, he's unique, but I don't believe can that you, that style of play. I don't think you can. Have, I don't think you win a championship with Russell okay, Westbrook well, playing hold on. like this. I don't, but and that I, doesn't I, mean okay. I don't enjoy it. In all fairness, okay. In all fairness, and let me just point out your uh, your, mm-hmm. your contradiction. No, again. please be fair. Let's. If I'm being contradictory, please point it out. Yes, point it out. Because you were talking about Kevin Durant when you said, "Hey, you people." When you talk about mm-hmm. you people, that you and you and uh, Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. With the, with the straw people, you you and your straw people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd say that he's never won if he had done it the old-fashioned way. So when you said Russell Westbrook didn't win in Oklahoma City, who was there with them? Durant was there with them. Yeah. They, Durant was up yeah. 3-1, but so was Russ. So, so Durant... Was Russ. And Russ was Durant, the fall guy for that, which was unfair. Durant was Russ, able Russ to... Russ took the fall for that. Yeah. Yes, he did. Durant was able to escape that. Go to Golden State, mm-hmm. and now that's Russ's problem. So Durant's got his rings. He's got his finals, MVPs, mm-hmm. plural. Russ's got nothing. So now Russ goes to Houston. Hey, they're up again. Well, not necessarily. Not, not really. They weren't up again. But uh, he, he goes to Houston yeah. with Harden. Yeah. He goes to Houston with Harden. Got they hurt. don't win. Who's that on? Yeah, they lose to the eventual champion. They lose to the eventual champion. They lo- lose to the Shame in losing to LeBron and Anthony Davis. They lose to the Lakers. And he had been compromised. It was COVID and injuries, if I'm not mistaken. And he was playing phenomenal basketball last year. So and thank you for pointing that out. You're absolutely right. It's like we look at it like also, a failure when maybe it was circumstances. And you know what? I, I think Russell uh, Westbrook could have won. I, you know, who knows? Who knows if this is true? You tell me if you think this could have happened. If Kevin Durant goes back, Harden's already gone. It's Westbrook. It's Durant. If they stuck it out. Instead of going to... If they Instead of together. Uh, going to Golden State, those two could those two win together. I mean, they were really could they, they have were even, really could, productive. Could, could they have done it together? Could they have in, in events, Could they have broken through? I think they yeah. could have. I, I, I think probably so. So I think, I think so. he can. I think it's in him. Um, but now, all right. Let me rephrase look, it then. Let me rephrase it. And he's not the best player right now. I don't think you can win a championship. Just because he's so inefficient, and I'm sorry, he can't shoot. But that's okay. He's still great. He's not, he just can't shoot. I don't think – but he still, it doesn't stop him from shooting. I don't think you can win with Russell Westbrook <laughs> being your centerpiece. But that's not a slight. That's not that's a slight. Not, like not, that's not a slight. I don't, okay, I don't mean it to be a slight. I don't mean it to be a slight. You can't say. I'm telling you. I mean, you I'm here sing. to celebrate yeah, you Russell Westbrook. 
I am here to celebrate Russell Westbrook for what he is, not what he isn't, what he's done, not what he hasn't. That is my sole intention here. Maybe I'm sorry if it doesn't sound like that. Maybe I need to choose my words better. But I'm saying I think more than one thing can be true. He can be fun. I can respect him. I can appreciate him. We can celebrate him, but still recognize that that, that game, his game just ain't my cup of tea. Game just ain't my cup of tea. Um, mm. You ready to catch your breath, take a break, and um, yeah, come I back am. on the other side? Wow. Not your cup and, of tea. And when I say my cup of tea, I'm strictly talking about when it comes to building a championship team. I do. Okay. Again, he can be fun to watch. He can be incredible. He can be great. But I'm talking about the shooting, the inefficiencies. Well, I guess I'm an I analytics mean, nerd. What can I say? Out of those, I'm a, I was going to say, I'm out of those a, three. analytics nerd. Out of those three pillars in OKC hand, that's true of two of them. Durant, you can Durant plays well anywhere, but if Harden's your best player, you can't win a championship. And if Durant, and if Westbrook is your best player, you probably can't win a championship either. Durant plays anywhere though. So far, history. Right. But but some would say he had to go to Golden State to do it. That's the other part. <laughs> some would say wait, he had to go to Golden State. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let, let's just let's get this straight and let's lay down the rules, Michael Holly. Okay, let's do it. Let's we, give it. I hope I hope we're not about to debate whether or not it was a foul. I think everybody with two eyes hmm. saw that it was not only one foul but two fouls that Dejanay Carrington got hit in the face and on the arm. So, like, let's just let's okay. just establish that baseline. It was a foul. Okay. So the only things that we need to discuss is whether it should have been called within the context of that game and the way that it was officiated throughout and whether or not Baylor has a right to be bitter um, which I have thoughts on that as well Um, I mean listen it was just so obvious I mean which foul do you want to call and she's right DJNA is right they're done. Baylor's done because of a blatant no call. They got to live don't with that. Don't do that, that Fran. UConn moves hey, on. Hey, Fran Fraschilla, don't, don't do that, Fran Fraschilla. You know, don't do that. No. It, 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 if you uh, don't think this is a foul, we Show can't. me the lie. Okay, I mean, let's stop. We don't, can't. But don't be that person. Show, don't be, we don't can't. be that guy. No, show me the lie. Don't be that guy. Show me don't the lie. Uh, uh, show me the unless, lie. Even Gino, even Gino Ariema's daughter. Michael, even Gino Ariema's daughter said it was a foul. Check this out. Okay. I don't think LeBron's ever won a game on a bad call by the other team, by the other officials, do you think? <laughs> I probably doubt it. I probably doubt 
that in his career he's ever won a game and decided to give it back because he looked at it and went, that was a foul. <laughs> so it is what it is. It is what it is. What did you draw up in the huddle? Um, and what did you see when Dijonay drove the ball from where you were standing? What did you see? I was surprised they didn't call a foul. Then write it like that. You don't need a quote from me. I've got steel shots and video from two angles. One kid hits her in the face and one kid hits her on the elbow. Okay, you were saying don't do that. Yeah, I didn't let you finish. You're not about to you're not about to legit you're not, you're not about to legitimately sit up here and I'm argue not. whether or not that was a foul, are you? Okay, I'm not. Right, thank you. All right, I I'm not I'm not gonna do that. But it's like it's really- I seem like it's I don't I don't like the phrasing. Okay. You don't see it the way I see it. Therefore, I'm just going to dismiss your point of view altogether. I don't like that. Now, what you could say is, what you could say is it's a foul. It's a foul, but they didn't, some, some officials don't believe in, in, in calling a foul in that game situation. Some don't. I think that's the discussion. That's, I think that's, that's the discussion that we could, we could actually. Yeah, I think that's the right. only place to do because there's no debating whether it was a foul. Right. By the letter was, of the law. We, there's no by debate the letter of the law, it okay. was. But somebody somebody could say, okay. hey, wait a minute. Just let them play it out unless it's really even more is that, outrageous now, so, than that. So is that your, is that your thing? Or, or do you no, this is my not thing. calling the foul? No, I believe, I believe call a foul. If it's a foul, call it. I don't believe it. Hey, hey, you know, 15 seconds left. Don't call it. We can't do that. Don't let. We're not going to decide right. the game. Well, you're, that's why you're there. You're there to, to officiate right. the entire game. What I take issue with is the head coach saying, behaving that way after the game. I take issue with that because Mulkey. we're talking about Kim a foul. Mulkey. Yeah. Do we realize? Can we talk about you know, one other little piece of the game? That they gave up a 19 to zip run? That UConn went on a 19 to zip run? That Baylor had control of this game? Can we talk about Baylor having control of the game? Oh, is that? Oh, okay. see, this is no, the stuff. We can't. I can't no, stand no, this. We can't. I can't stand no. this. I can't stand about, you. I can't stand, I can't stand you. It. I can't stand okay, that. So that's why they lost. So I can't, I, that's why they lost. I can't stand it either. I they can't lost. stand it either. They would have made the free throw. What? That's what? why they lost. Right. Because the foul wasn't called. That's what I'm saying. That cost them That's the what game. I'm saying. That's why they lost. <laughs> you first. No, no first. I, no, honestly. No, no, no honestly. I, I, you, like, you talk about stuff you hate. You hate Fran Fischilla saying we can't have an intelligent basketball conversation if you don't see it the way I see it. You know what, you know what trips me out? You know what trips me out? It never ceases to amaze me. And it never fails. That the people who say, well, the game was more than just the final play, or don't put it in a situation where the game is, comes down to an official's call, those are always the people who didn't get screwed that say that. They're always on the, on the benefiting side of those blown calls. Well, it was more than just that. I mean, you know, it, it just didn't no. the breaks. I mean, the game. No, no Michael. No, no. Okay. I don't care if they no. blew a 19-point lead. I don't care if they were letting them play and it was a physical game. There's physical and there's getting hacked. And she got hacked. 
When she got hacked, when they went, what was the Michael, score? That's not, you know what I'm saying? What was there the was score? There was time left. That, I, I don't know, remember. The score, oh, they oh, were trailing. Oh, you're talking about the, oh, about the last, oh, 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 yeah, last play. They, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the 19. They were trailing oh, the, by the a the point. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, they were down by one. Yes. They were down they by, were one. Down by yes, one. They were down by one. They were down. So, yes. hey, this foul was their time left cost, on the clock. Them, cost them the game. Right? They it cost, did. So, they're yes. going to make. Yes, it did. I saw, yes. I saw earlier in the game where UConn had a chance to ice it. A good player missed two free throws. Why? I don't know. Okay. It happens in sports. A good player missed two free throws. They could have iced it for UConn. Not, so, this we're whole not logic that, it happens. Okay, it happened. She we're not got arguing fouled. She got, and they should have called it. They should have called okay, they, it. And they, sure, have, they should have called it. <laughs> you know what? Did that's that a cost great question, them? actually. But, but, but let's, not, cost, let's, not, let's keep going. Did though. the foul... <laughs> Said, did the foul? You said, "What are we arguing?" I'm like, "That's a good question." <laughs> did the foul cost Baylor a win? Would they have won? Can you yes. say definitively? Potentially, they- potentially. I don't know, Michael. But, this, but wait, we're not. We're, but this is we're not. We're not doing that. We're not removing an Infinity Stone and putting it back in the timeline, an alternate timeline. It's like the multiverse. I don't know. Like I can't say for sure whether she'd have made the shot. I can't wait to say for sure if she hadn't been fouled, whether she would have gone to the line. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. No, nobody knows. Okay, what I do know is that was a foul twice over. Put that, and it should have been put called. that tweet up then. And they have every put reason. That, they have every reason tweet up to be bitter calls. about it. And it's not something you just chalk up to them. The breaks. You win some, you lose some. Some calls go against you. Yeah. Some calls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. That's LeBron, sports. Sh- that's sports. No, guess what? As a matter of fact, that's, that ain't that's, sports. You know what that is? That's life, baby. That's life. That's life. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's life yes. in a big city. Life in it is. So, so sad, man. We fought in our season. College careers are done because of a blatant missed call. I don't know that. You got screwed. Okay? Does that make you feel better? You got screwed. Yeah. It, it, you, you got fouled. It was a foul. Yes, LeBron. It was a foul. A guy was never fouled out of a game, LeBron. Never fouled out of a game. It was so. And, and Gino's my, right. It, it said it was so Gino's obviously right. a foul. It was so obviously a foul. It wasn't ticky tack. It wasn't bang bang. It wasn't block charge. It wasn't like, oh man, you know, it could have gone either way. She so clearly got fouled. So clearly got fouled. And yeah, could she have missed the free throws? Could she have made one free throw, tied it, they gone to overtime and lost to UConn? Sure. Could she have missed both? Sure. Did they have, did, what did you say it was? A 19 nothing? Uh, they blew a 19 point 19 lead? 19 zip run. Were there other Amazing. plays? What, 19, 19 zip, zip run. run. 19 zip run, excuse me. What was that? Were there other plays that led to that? That if Baylor yes. really wanted to do some self examination and go back and say, you know what? Had we not done this, we'd never been a. Of Could course. Could have taken control of the game. But when yes. it came. But when it came down to it, they had an opportunity to win, and they were robbed of that opportunity because the refs blew it. Robbed and strong. you want to talk about life? Yeah, okay. I can live with my mistakes. I can live with my screw-ups. But what I can't live with is somebody else holding me back. That's what I can't accept. And in this case, Baylor has every right to look at the officials and say, we ain't in the Final Four because of y'all. Yeah, are there things we could have done differently? Yes. But when, but at the end of the game, with time left on the clock, because the game hadn't run out, with time left on the clock, had we had a chance to win if you'd have done your job. Leave my job to me. If you do your job, you don't hold me back from what I'm supposed to be what I'm supposed to get, which is the final four berth. Which is defending our 
technically, well, not technically, but sort of defending champions, defending our championship from the year before when we did have a tournament. As you said. I don't, I don't, uh, have, a, I don't, have, a dog, I don't have a dog true. in this fight, for the record. I don't right. have a dog in this fight. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe just because I don't talk about my bets, your money during the NCAA tournament. You know, maybe I had a little something on it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe I, I won just, money I with that. Pain. I didn't feel that pain. Listen, Look, you, I mean, ultimately, all seriousness, ultimately I didn't Gino's have right. Ultimately, you're right, Michael. Ultimately, Gino's right. Ultimately, you're right. It does happen. And 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 you, and if you play long enough, you will be on the other end of that. You will be the yes. you will be the team benefited. And nobody benefiting. I'm not. Nobody's looking for Gino to, to forfeit and concede the game and say, you know what, we don't deserve that. Nobody's looking for that. Nobody's looking to Gino for the answers. Gino did did not not make the call. But ultimately. We could all see it was a foul, and they deserved better, no matter how say, the rest of the game was being called. Uh, look, you said both things can be true. Uh, when we were talking about something else. Both things can be true here. That was a foul. We say it all and the time. That the, right, right. It was a foul. The officials should have called it. Okay, that's true. Back. All right, coach. I don't even blame the players. Coach. You probably have talked to your players all year long about playing a complete game. You had a great team. You have a great team at Baylor. Men's team is great. Women's team is great at Baylor. As a matter of fact, uh, Monica McNutt said yesterday that she wouldn't be surprised if both teams won a national championship, right? She, I think she called right. it Baylor, a Baylor women's and men's national championship yesterday. So with, the, with this team, you got to motivate a great team, uh, it, it, especially when most opponents are just not on their level. So I would think a coach would look at the complete picture and say, yeah, we could have put that game away. They could have buried UConn. Imagine that. They, they lost their composure. And yes, they got screwed at the end, but they lost their composure in the middle of this game, which allowed UConn to get right back in it. They had control of the game. And you mean to tell me in a regional final, you let the opponent go on a 19-zip run? Mm. Probably could use a timeout when they got to 11-zip. Everybody's got to look in the mirror, um, this, including the officials. Before Everybody's be, got to look in the mirror. Before we go to break, before we go to break, let's just acknowledge the other side of this. Having said all of that, 13 straight Final Fours, yeah, seriously. Yep. Great. I mean, it, it, it's, come on. 13 consecutive Final Fours. Hey, man, you tip your hat. Because, it, it, again. Hope you do. Say and it I again. Hope. More than one thing can be true. You could be impressed by them going to 13 straight Final Fours and recognize that a foul occurred, fouls occurred, and should have been called. But they, you could also be impressed hey, that UConn handled business once again. I want it. If UConn wins a national championship, I want some love from Waco, Texas. Chip and Joanna, all y'all, all y'all, okay? I want you to give some props to UConn. Don't be sore losers. If UConn wins it all, give them some love. They will win. All right, we got Charles Robinson coming up momentarily.
get back into some football with Chuck. They are going to win it. You know that, Mike. They're going to win the whole thing. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it was inevitable. 17 regular season games it is, starting in 2021. Uh, Charles Robinson was on a... uh, He's fresh off of a conference call with Roger Goodell uh, from the league meetings. Uh, Charles, I just, we both did. We both lamented uh, what we see as unnecessary expansion in a regular season or the replacement of one preseason game. Oh, nice hair. Oh, I like wow, that. Wow, look at this. Like that. Matter of fact, matter of fact <laughs> I haven't seen your hair at all lately yeah, because it's just been Houston. Where's your University of Houston hat? Where's your Houston hat today? I thought you'd be repping, I, repping Houston, the Cougars today. Yeah, I got, I got something I got to be at, so I had to actually not wear a hat today. <laughs> I have to get a haircut, too. It, it is crazy long right now. So You're looking like Pandemic. Vince Vaughn and Wedding, wedding Crashers. <laughs> I like to put Pandemic. a little maple syrup in my hair. What do you think holds it up, Slick? <laughs> I, I, I used to get haircuts about every four weeks, maybe maybe even less. And now I've literally, I think I go like the first haircut when the pan, since like the March of, of, of 2020 beginnings of the pandemic, I went eight months. And then after that, I think I went, wow. you know, four months. And this one's, you know, it's getting there. So I got to I got to get used to going back in and getting haircuts again. You know, you know, those memes that go on, go around on Twitter that be like, what does it look like I do for a living? You look like a rapper who is just one that just needs somebody to listen to his mixtape. You look like a rapper right now. (laughs) No glasses. I am the inevitable guy on on Twitter who gets one viral tweet and immediately follows it up with, yo, check out my SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Since I have your attention. Yeah, Yeah, I got you. That's exactly Uh, it. That's right. Since I have your attention, check out my SoundCloud. I just dropped my new can you help us get excited about 17 games i mean like we have no choice in the matter so we you know we have yeah. to take it and like it but it's just like i'm just trying i'm struggling to find a point other than money we know what i mean we know um, it's money well, but what's the all right let's let's play the glass half full game so you have 17 games um it it's not gonna it will affect i mean obviously it's gonna affect the compensation in the long term so if players if there's something players want to be happy about um when 2023 comes and there's that huge gap up in the salary cap and pretty soon every single quarterback that's in the top 10 is making $40 million. And, you know, you have the, you know, the star defensive end now is making 30 million financially it will eventually be lucrative. Um, I think though um, for the league, it allows the league to push overseas expansion a little bit more in terms of just, you know, making sure that the the overseas rotation happens on a regular basis. They can, you know, it's not all taking place in London. I know they still want to try and get some games into China. So that's going to expand the TV deals overseas, which is going to be more money. Um, and I think in, if, if they work on how they want to handle that 17th game, they're not doing it now, 
But eventually, I think they could use that extra game to manufacture some kind of entertaining matchup, you know, figuring out, um, you know, something that they they think fans want to see. And then maybe in 2022 or 2023, you see some interconference rivalry games or, um, you know, maybe you take it and you, you know, there are two coaches who hate each other and let's make sure we schedule those guys. You know, let's make sure we get John Harbaugh and, um, you know, we get, we get the Baltimore Ravens and, and Tennessee Titans next year because we want to see John Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel again at midfield. And, you know, just I, I think there's ways that they can spice it up. I know that from an injury standpoint, it's not great. I would hope that maybe this impacts, though, for players, load management. That's what the union wants. The union really wants um, load management in the offseason. And I think they feel like this gives them the opportunity to press a little bit more, not just obviously the reduction of the preseason games, but let's have less practices. Let's have less facility time for guys in the offseason and maybe actually turn the offseason into a little more of a load management time for players. Charles, I, I, I asked this question. I said I need some more information on it. And uh, before I could look up more information, you came on. So you know, you'll know this. Do the players have any leverage with this? Because I said if they have leverage, why not reduce the preseason even more? Why not add more players to the roster? What kind of leverage do the players have uh, in this negotiation? The leverage, the players don't have negotiation leverage. They never have. And, and, I think that, um, you know, okay, so we can take a lot of different issues. We could go, how come they don't have 50% of revenue? You know, there was a time that they had more than 50% of revenue. Right now, they're still a tick below. I think they're at like 49% of overall revenue. It's not even a straight up 50-50 revenue split. It's because you don't have the leverage. And the reason why you don't have the leverage is there's no other league to play in. And the only way to create leverage when there's no other league to play in is to literally erase games, sit out, strike. That's why... CBA negotiations always go the way that they go and players always are seen as the losing side because there's no way for them to win if they do not meaningfully band together and go, you know, we'll just erase games until it hurts owners enough that we can win. Not, you know, not having 17 games, not having um, three preseason games, things of that nature. So um, I think it's a myth and it always has been a myth that being a union president is a winning job. It's not a winning job. It's a losing job because you had 500 players, 500, who didn't even vote on pushing through the last CBA. 500 out of 2,700. Can you imagine knowing what was on the line in the last CBA, how massively important that was and how close the vote was? I think, I think it passed by, I want to say, less than like 70. I think it was like 61 votes somewhere in that realm. I'm probably completely wrong there, but I know it was very few votes. And 500 people just decided we're not going to vote. I mean, come on, that's just, you, you should have 95 to 100% of your, your 2,700 players voting. That's why the union doesn't have leverage. That's why there's a 17th game. That's why there's a 49% to 51% revenue split. Um, that's why the commissioner still has free latitude in terms of disciplinary powers. All the things that they lose on, it's because it's impossible to take that one difficult step. And it's very difficult, mm. monumentally difficult because most of the players in the league are not multimillionaires to go, yeah, I'm just going to erase a year of my career. And, you know, we're going to do this for future generations. It's not a give forward kind of league. We were talking um, during the, the break about the, the conference call um, that you and other members of the uh, national media were on. Uh, and you mentioned that uh, Roger Goodell 
Well, uh, there was a certain question that Roger Goodell was not asked, so a certain topic that was not broached with the commissioner. Take it away. Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's it's the number one story in the NFL right now. We can talk about, you know, 17 games or, you know, um, hey, you know, they want fans, you know, full capacity next year. They want stadiums full next year. Um, the, the biggest storyline of this offseason that's going to drag all offseason is going to be Deshaun Watson. And for, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm clueless as to why um, there wasn't an ability to get a Deshaun Watson question in. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a difficult issue for the league right now because it's difficult for everyone. There's uh, a lot of accusations being made, what, 19 civil suits now. There's a Sports Illustrated story that came out with um, a second attorney now involved and a, a woman, um, uh, an alleged victim who did not um, decide to sign up with Tony Busby, instead went with U.A. Lewis, who's a pretty well civil rights, pretty well known civil rights attorney um, here in Houston. And uh, you know, the Sports Illustrated story I thought was interesting because when you read through it, the account, the allegations, they map very similarly to what is in. Um, most of the lawsuits that are now filed against Deshaun Watson, but it adds a more personal angle to it and a voice, albeit an anonymous voice, of someone who clearly felt that some boundaries were crossed and it made her feel um, violated. Mm-hmm. You know what, uh, Mike and Charles, uh, and I've talked with Mike about this before, Charles, we were saying, we always tell students, you don't really know people that you're interviewing. You can't, you can't say if somebody is good to you, you can't say they're a great guy. If somebody is terrible to you, you can't say, well, it didn't talk to me. That's a terrible person. You really don't right. know. This is all surface level stuff that we're doing, even in an in-depth profile piece and in-depth feature, you really don't know. And so what, what's so unsettling about this case to me is not the accusations because I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened. I'm not re- willing to take a stand either way. What's so unsettling to me is that it just destroys all cliches have been destroyed. So it's not like, hey, it's one person. Her word. It's not a he said, she said. It's a lot of people yeah. going at Deshaun Watson. It's not uh, the carnival barking lawyer. Even if you say that about Tony Busby, his career is pretty decorated. And so is Rusty Harden. You don't really, there's no comfortable place for anybody to hide in this story. It's just out there and you got to wrestle with it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. this is not one of those things. It's, it's, it's is hot take proof. You just have to sit here and wait this thing out. It really is. Um, you do it. it I mean, it's going to be a marathon and there's no really getting around it. And as you said, not only do we not know, let's say Deshaun Watson, we don't, we don't know the 19 accusers that have filed the suits, right? I mean, and there are levels of how well do people know Tony Busby? How well do people know Rusty Arden? Um, there's, it, it's not, you know, it's an onion the size of a moon if you want to peel it, okay? I mean, it's, it's, it's gargantuan. And so um, it is, I, I think, though, what's interesting, we're, it's not like we're not getting information because we are. And I'll give you an example. In the... Let's see, 17th, 18th, and 19th suits. One of those suits, um, Tony Busby comes out and he says he put it in there. And it was a very media, I think it was a tactical media headline-grabbing move for him to say, there were Instagram messages deleted. 
and there was an attempt to settle. And what I thought was interesting was Rusty Harden actually responded to that specifically. And he did say that, you know, yes, Deshaun Watson, and I think he termed it like many people, um, deleted some of his old Instagram messages, um, but he stopped the day before the suit was filed. And that just opens up a whole, you know, level of questioning because I, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not an Instagram guy. Um, I have Twitter, I have other social media accounts. And mm-hmm. I asked, you know, I started asking people, like, do you, do you, like, how often do you delete Instagram messages? And I, like, a, and I can't apply this as a standard, but the feedback, I'm, a lot of people are like, I don't really ever delete my Instagram messages ever. And, you know, does that mean that that's, standard practice or not, you start getting into these arguments, but the, the lawyers are leaking information or they're, they're, they're starting to put things out there and respond to them in a way that's at least giving us little bits of information. But ultimately, I'm going to stick to the same thing I've said all along. Everything gets revealed in litigation. If this goes into a courtroom, that's when everything gets pulled apart. You see the seams of the victim's arguments, the alleged victim's arguments, you see the seams of, of Deshaun Watson's arguments and defense. Um, and this is the type of situation that if it does never get litigated, say none of these cases ever go to litigation. And if there's a settlement or whatever, for, for whatever reason, we don't ever really um, take this apart. I don't know that we'll ever get past this. I think it's something we'll always end up talking about with Deshaun Watson and, and the remainder of his career. You know, it just... <clears throat> It continues to look worse and worse. To say that these allegations are disturbing is an understatement. And I think at this point, like you said, it'll be revealed. If it goes to litigation, it'll be revealed in litigation. And, and whether we arrive at the, the actual factual um, truth, absolute truth, who knows? But I, I think in the meantime, well, as we run this marathon, as you referenced, Charles, I think it's important not to center the quarterback. I think it's important not to center the quarterback. And I think that's the mistake that we make, we've made with this story and this conversation. Not, not this particular conversation. I just mean since the story started is it's been about Deshaun Watson and who he is and who we believe him to be and what he is or isn't capable of based on who, we, who he is or who we believe him to be. And I think what it's really got to simply be about is sexual assault. And, 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 it's, and it, I think, again, we, this has been a refrain throughout this entire show, is more than one thing can be true. It can be innocent until proven guilty, and these can be civil accusations. There can be no criminal charges, but at the same time we can recognize that Uh, False accusations are rare, that there are 19 and now multiple attorneys, as well as somebody who is not attached to an attorney, but actually went to a reputable media organization. We can take these allegations seriously with respect to understanding that and learning about ourselves and learning about inappropriate behavior. And I think one of the reasons we perpetuate this inappropriate behavior, one of the ways we perpetuate this inappropriate behavior, because, Michael, I wanted to bring this up the other day, Darius Leonard, who I like a lot. Darius Leonard yeah, went there over the weekend, and he did the whole. He was guilty of the what aboutism. Was like, oh well, nobody talked about Chad Wheeler, as if nobody talked about Chad Wheeler. That's inaccurate. But nobody talked about Chad Wheeler. But it's like it's inaccurate, but it's also irrelevant. It's also irrelevant. Right, right. Just like when Chad Wheeler was when, when Chad Wheeler happened, 
and we talked about Chad Wheeler, people were like, have that same energy for Chad Wheeler that you had for Ray Rice. Ain't about Chad Wheeler and Ray Rice. It's about the victim. And in this case, it's about the alleged victims or the accusers, whatever you want to call them. It's about inappropriate behavior and outing and discussing sexual assault, period. And holding holding abusers and, 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 and perpetuators of sexual assault accountable. And it's about these accusers and these women and their experiences. If there is any truth to it, it's about them speaking truth to this power structure, which is historically favored men. So, I, again, I just say we just we can't center the quarterback. This cannot be about, uh, you know, and listen, it may end up Deshaun may end up being the victim because we don't know what's true and what's not. But That's in right. the we meantime, don't we don't the story know. needs to be se- but the story needs to be sexual assault. We cannot center the quarterback and his relation and his trade possibilities and, and his reputation. That's not what this about. This is about this is about the allegations that are very, very disturbing and a culture uh, that allows behavior, alleged behavior like this to run rampant. So that's all I, I have to say. About I, yeah, I will tell you one thing that, that has surfaced out of this that's really disturbing to me. Um, you do have, there is a strain of individuals that I have talked to inside the league who clearly have not complete. I mean, I think most people haven't read through all the lawsuits, to be honest with you. I think the vast majority of people commenting Mm -hmm. on it have not read through the lawsuits. Okay. I've read every single syllable of all 19 of them. Um, you know, you're talking between 170 and and like 200 pages of of litigation. Um, I have noticed there's a strain of individuals who are like, well, um, if it's true, you know, is it really illegal to be a pervert? And I was like, mm, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, what year are we in? Because it's 2021, and let's, let's just remove Deshaun Watson's name out of this for a moment and just talk about the allegations yeah. themselves and that there's masseuses involved and, you know, the, the uh, social media platform was, was involved. And, and, you know, you said you brought up Darius Leonard, Chad Wheeler. I've heard Bob Kraft. What about Bob Kraft? And, you know, all these equivocations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something right now. All of us as men should know at this point in our lives that if at any point we decide either in a private or professional setting to expose ourselves to anybody in a way that is not welcome, is not, um, or the, the, you know, the other party does not consider it a consensual way that we just did something wrong. Okay. Now what's the level of litigation? What's the level of, of, you know, criminality to it? It, you know, there's a lot of different factors that depend there and even which state you could be, um, could impact that you reside in could impact that. But, you know, I, I think what bothers me is just that, you know, you get a strain of individuals who are not fully vetting themselves on the allegations themselves and then just kind of blase about what did or didn't occur. And I kind of hoped we were past that, in, in, particularly in the NFL culture, the sort of, well, women are lying culture that I still think is very pervasive um, in some corners of the nfl that women just lie and um that oh it's not yeah. that bad and no it's it's 2021 it's not like that anymore we we need to it's time to let that you know it's time to grow drift, up okay yeah. it's, honestly it's, t- it's time to grow up 
collectively, as a society, it's right. just time to grow up. And, and, and going back to how we started this conversation, I think the reason why it wasn't asked is because we're still not comfortable talking about the actual issue, which is sexual assault, which is domestic violence. Across the board, men right. in particular are just not comfortable talking about that. It's way more convenient. It's way more instinctive to do the women lie thing. And listen, there may be some lying going on. It'd be a hell of a lie, but there may be some lying right. going on. So I'm setting setting aside truth and fiction. I'm simply saying, for for a lot of men still, it's 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 much easier to focus on the player and and liking the player and rooting for the player and which team he could go he could have gone to and the Texans instead of focusing on the actual issue which is whether it's Deshaun Watson or not or whether it's anybody this behavior this inappropriate behavior is still way too perva- pervasive and permissible in our culture that's the conversation I mean, that should be the Brody, only conversation right now. You're asking a lot, man, because we just we, we continue to have a national Probably. fight about whether or not we should wear masks. You know, like, I mean, it's just I mean, we fight about the dumbest stuff yeah. and we can't agree about the dumbest things. Yeah. And, you know, I thought yeah. um, what I thought was really interesting was um, Jamel Hill retweeted um, the Jenny Vrentis story from Sports Illustrated. And I went and I read I just I was like, let me see what the comments are. I'm curious what these comments are. And. No, you went in the comment section. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, and it is a you went in, the re, in the replies. It, yeah, it is a. Yeah, I know, man. It's just never. It's never a positive Nasty. experience. Like you're not really. You're never going to get anything redeeming out of that. But that's right. It is real. Like it is real. Those replies are real. Those it's people revealing. are real. It, it, can someone's... Be, it tends to be revealing. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and so that's tough. I I, I hate. I don't want. I don't want our segment to be completely eaten up by this. So well, but it's we're going to talk about this a lot. Okay. So. <laughs> I tell you. I tell you. You know what. You know what, Charles? Since you're in Texas, let me see if I can get this right geographically based on my travels. We're going to go from El Paso to Port Arthur. We're going in a completely different direction. Is that, is, does that work yes. somewhere? Yeah, that does. Let's go um, in a completely different direction. Yes. Di- different direction. So let's talk about the team currently holding the third pick in the draft, San Francisco. Interesting. The team yeah. currently holding the sixth pick in the draft, the Dolphins. And the team that Michael Smith says I should not make fun of because they got lots of picks, but they've confused me since the season ended. Philadelphia, number 12. As you look at these trades and it basically essentially a three-team trade, who comes out ahead? Who intrigues you? What, what stands out to you? Um, well, they all intrigue me. I mean, first off, the 49ers, um, uh, it was interesting because before that deal happened, um, I had reached out to someone in the 49ers organization to try to see if they had any interest in sort of understanding the dynamics of what was going on with Sean Watson, because they were, they were one of those teams that was sort of thought, you know, to be interested. They had no interest whatsoever. And I was like, okay, either they have no interest in Deshaun Watson at this point, or they are doing something else. And then the trade comes down the pipeline and they move to three. Um, I think it's interesting because, uh, number one, they're, they're still posturing about Jimmy Garoppolo kind of saying like, Hey, Jimmy's our guy, you know, we can, we can draft a, or we can, we could get a, a young quarterback and still have Jimmy as our starter, sort of like a Kansas city Chiefs situation with like Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, 
um, which is doable. And that was, I think that was very fruitful for Patrick Mahomes to be able to sit that year and learn from Alex Smith. Um, and we also know that, you know, Jimmy tends to get hurt. So the chances are the rookie would end up playing anyway for the 49ers. Um, but what I think is really interesting is everyone's penciling in Mac Jones from Alabama at number three, which does make a lot of sense. He's, he's, his skill set is similar to Matt Ryan. His skill set is similar to Kirk Cousins, who are both quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan was able to do great things with. What I think is interesting, though, is Kyle has, and I use, I mean this in a positive way, has an arrogance to him where mm-hmm. I think he's like Sean Payton, where Sean Payton had Drew Brees, and then all of a sudden he sees Taysom Hill, and he goes, let me try this. Like This, this kind of looks like where the league is going with some of these quarterbacks, and maybe I can get this guy to that level. Let me see if I can make Taysom Hill into a starting quarterback. And Taysom Hill is more similar to Trey Lance, He's more similar to Justin Fields. And so I think this idea that it's just an automatic Mac Jones at three is surrendering to the idea that Kyle Shanahan isn't sitting there going, yeah, I could do that. I could, I could take, I could take Trey Lance and man, we could dominate the league. I could take Justin Fields and we could dominate the league. I, you know, I think still there's some intrigue at that number three pick and, and what quarterback Kyle Shanahan really likes. So I, that, that actually dovetails into my final question for you, which was what was the significance of Justin Fields' performance at his pro day today? I, you know, I mean, it's the, the, I think all of these guys, um, pro day performances, particularly now, you know, other than getting measurements and, you know, he ran a fast 40 and all that, you know, I, I think they're less important now than ever before because, um, we didn't have the combine, you know, there's, I, I just think this is going to be a year where the tape gets dominated because you had a lot of people that were just crushing tape, whether it was 2020 tape or 2019 tape or even 2018 tape. I literally had a general manager who at one point was in uh, quarantine for COVID. He didn't have it, but he had a close contact. So he had to quarantine himself. And I was like, what have you been doing? He's like, I'm literally living like in the basement of my house away from my family and I've been doing nothing but devouring tape over and over, the same tape over and over again for this entire week. And a lot of guys are like that. There's a lot of people who are not able to get on the road and do their work. So I think the tape is going to be more studied this year than ever before. Um, my problem with the field situation is that when people nitpick him, they go, oh, he's a first-read quarterback. He always throws to his first read. Well, how do you really resolve that in a pro-day scenario? You really can't. And – I, I, my thought process uh, with the pro days is always, it goes back to an experience I had where I went to Jamarcus Russell's pro day at LSU. And it was the most unbelievable pro day I've ever seen. Ever. Any, <laughs> any the pro day. Greatest I've ever, of all time. It was unreal. I mean, his yeah. arm was yeah. just, I mean, it was like a gift from the gods that day. And I mean, yeah. just the, the stuff he was throwing, I mean, it was, it was beyond words. And all the teams that walked out were yeah. like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, he's just – and then what happened, he went to the wrong organization. Like, I, re- I really believe that about yeah. Jamarcus Russell. I think that's the untold story. He went to the wrong organization to handle that guy and his life circumstance, and it ultimately unraveled mm-hmm. what could have been a defining quarterback, I think, in the NFL. So I'll put a ton into pro days. You know, Zach Wilson was great. I thought it was pretty interesting that, um, that Trevor Lawrence – retweeted a throw from Zach, uh, Zach uh, Wilson yeah. and said, yeah, did. what did he say? Geez. Or it was, 
Yeesh that, or sheesh or something. Yeah, sheesh. That's good PR. That's, that's good PR. That is, that's that's is good, how secure. That's slick. Yeah. That is how secure you are with the number one pick. That you are the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and sprinkle a little of the fairy dust yeah. that I have right now on Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, man, we appreciate you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for always spending some time with us on a Tuesday um, and dropping some knowledge. I like the look. Although, I mean, you're on the Houston, you are on the U of H. I know you're a, a Michigan State guy, but you with, you're a Cougar right now, right? Well, well, my girl went to U of H, so you know, I mean, it's it's you kind of get you be. get you there know you, you get drafted in, you get drafted there into you. the and plus, hey, they're in the Final Four, so Kelvin Sampson, how about that? Kind of makes there me a go. vegetarian. Great story. I got oh, and, oh, and by the way, as, as as I sign off, I just want to say that was a foul. Like, come on, that was completely a foul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a foul. Exactly. Foul. <laughs> what you gonna do? Hey, I'm listen. I am with Michael Holly on this. Officials are paid to officiate the entire expanse of the game, not to retire to the officials' locker room with 15 seconds left. Like I never. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yo, you believe Brian Windhorst that LeBron James is recruiting Steph Curry and has been since the All-Star break when he was tweeting all that love to Steph, the greatest showman? Um, I mean, this this can't be life, right? This can't be real, Michael Holly. Sure, I, I believe he's recruiting. I think he's got no chance. He's got no chance of getting Steph Curry okay. to leave the Warriors to the Lakers, really? Yeah. You think so? I don't, wait, is that sarcasm? Wait, I, I, I'm I mean, I'm not, I don't know. Are you being sarcastic? Oh, okay. No, no I don't sure. think there's any chance. I, I, I don't think there's right. any chance. Like this, like if 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 I don't think LeBron wouldn't mind playing with Steph. I don't think Steph minds playing with LeBron for that matter. But I, like neither one of them have anything to gain by this. Like it will be fun, but it ain't necessary. Like if Steph didn't have a ring, that'd be one thing. You know what I mean? If this were Dame Lillard, if you said LeBron was recruiting Dame Lillard, I'd be like. Maybe it would happen. Maybe Dane is. LeBron would have something to gain. No, this LeBron would have something to gain. What? More rings. Yeah, add to the total. I don't see that. that, That's where I draw the super team line. I don't see that happen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.